0: Fasten your seatbelts. It's going
1: to be a bumpy night. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to ride. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad! Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. Wait a minute, I tell you. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs.
3: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another exciting, action-packed David Pollack show. Uh, Before we begin, every week I keep forgetting to give out the number to call in. 407-774-8255 if you want to be part of the show. Again, that's 407-774-8255 if you want to be part of the show. Uh, and I also want to uh, wish my Jewish friends um, a easy fast uh, this evening at sunset. Marks the end of Yom Kippur. Um, if, for those of you who don't know, basically it's, uh, it's the holiest day in the Jewish religion. It's basically where your, your book is sealed. Your fate is sealed for the next year. It's your last chance to atone. You're not supposed to bathe or eat or drink or wear leather. That one I just learned tonight when I was Googling it. Um, So, uh, happy new year uh, to my Jewish friends. And uh, so tonight, we're going to get right into it. Um, We're going to talk about illegal border crossings. I'm sure you all have seen the news. Uh, It's getting a little crazy out there. Uh, Sanctuary cities are being overwhelmed. You've seen what's going on in New York and in California and other places. And there seems to be no stopping the alien invasion Tonight, we're going to talk about that crisis at the southern border, what can be done, and what happens next. We're also going to have a very special guest, Victor Avila. Uh, Mr. Avila is a retired uh, supervisory special agent. Um, he formerly worked with ICE, uh, he also worked with Homeland Security and under the, and, um, He's seeking the Republican nomination to represent Texas's 23rd congressional district. You might remember Mr. Avila when he was on assignment in Mexico. Um, Special Agent Avila suffered uh, multiple gunshot wounds and survived a violent ambush by uh, Mexican cartels. Um, his partner, Jamie Zapata, tragically lost his life in that attack. Um, it was believed that Obama's lost Fast and Furious guns— were used in that attack, and uh, we'll be hearing from him later on in the show. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Also, uh, we need to talk about the government shutdown. We don't have the sound effects, but because uh, here's what's been going on I've been warning you guys about this for weeks. The fight is looming and ongoing. Um, essentially conservative members of the House are digging in. So is Speaker McCarthy. You might have seen, uh, Matt Gates; He's been very, very vocal on this. He's been slamming, uh, House conservatives, uh, demanding fiscal responsibility. Um, I'm sorry, Matt. Ga- <laughs> That's what Kevin McCarthy is doing. No, Matt Gates has been slamming McCarthy, saying that White House conservatives are demanding fiscal responsibility. Uh, essentially, saying that uh, um, McCarthy is underwriting Biden's debt. Uh, he's saying that um, McCarthy hasn't produced a single subject spending bill in eight months as Speaker, which is true. Um, When Kevin McCarthy, if you guys remember that big old fight that they had, it took like 11 days or something to get a speaker. The reason what they were fighting over is they wanted this single issue uh, or single subject spending bill because they didn't want these giant omnibus bills filled with pork and continuing resolutions like they do every single year. You guys right? remember, every single year, they're always threatening, oh, we're going to have a government shutdown Oh, yeah, we're we're gonna have a lapse in funding. We need to we need to pass these omnibus bills filled with all this pork. They do it every year, and they always are like oh well, Republicans are gonna get blamed. The Democrats always call it the Republican government shutdown. They're doing it again this year, but <laughs> essentially in the eight months since Kevin McCarthy's been speaker. They haven't haven't produced a single uh, subject spending bill, and now Kevin McCarthy wants to have a uh, a CR, continuing resolution, and I'm going to talk here in a second about what he's trying to do to get it. Um, I agree with Gates, um, and I do believe that Republicans are afraid that they're going to be left holding the bag, that they're going to be blamed for any government shutdown. Now, let me— clarify when you hear government shutdown it sounds terrifying right remember when like when we talked about the debt ceiling they were like the government's gonna default be afraid be very afraid spend trillions of dollars to save you and um they're do this again guys it's a lapse in funding. It's a temporary lapse in funding. The government doesn't shut down forever. They don't board up the Capitol. Actually, they did during uh, Biden's inauguration, it seemed. They put fences all around it. It's not even that dramatic, except when we had the government shut down under Obama. He wanted to make sure the Republicans got blamed, and he wanted to make sure it was as painful as possible on the American people. So you remember, he even shut national parks. Parks. Like, like the the, the trees didn't have the budget to be trees during the Republican shutdown under Obama. So they do whatever they can to try to make the American people feel it. Um, And as a result, Republicans are afraid because the propaganda press, they go out there and they make sure that Republicans are responsible. They make it seem like all these bad, bad things are happening. Federal employees are furloughed and it's all Republicans' fault. So Republicans are afraid. They've always been afraid. Republicans are afraid of anybody saying anything bad about them. They're afraid of Democrats saying anything bad about them. They're afraid of the press saying anything bad about them. They're afraid of everybody except for their voters, it seems. And so that sense of fear has them reacting to try to find – and I think that's what motivates Kevin McCarthy. He's looking at the politics and the optics of it. I don't think he wants to necessarily hurt America. But he's looking at the optics, so he's operating in a sense of fear, not strength. He doesn't want Republicans to get blamed. It's that same fear that has all everybody in the GOP panicking about Trump. Uh, support DeSantis. Don't support Trump. Trump can't win against Biden. We don't want to lose. They're afraid. They, they need to operate from a position of strength and work together for America. Let's, let's go down a rabbit hole real quick and, and talk about... Trump for a second, and then I'm going to get right back into these spending cuts, and we're going to talk about the board, all kinds of fun stuff tonight. Did you guys see this ABC poll, A News poll? This is ABC News, by the way, fake news. <laughs> Trump edges out Biden 51 to 42 in a head-to-head matchup against Joe Biden. Let, let me say that one more time for those of you who believed that Trump could not beat Biden, M- mainly you Republicans. Trump, according to ABC News, Trump edges out Biden 51 to 42 in a head-to-head matchup. Crazy, right? The president, Biden? President Biden, when I say the president, I always think of Trump. President Biden's job approval rating is 19 points underwater. I'm gonna read some information from this poll because it is really, really fascinating. Here we go. All right. A record number of Americans say they've become worse off under Biden's presidency. Three quarters say he's too old for another term. Donald Trump is looking better in retrospect. 44% of Americans in the latest poll say they've gotten worse financially under Joe Biden, 44%. That is the most for any president, according to this ABC Post poll, since 1986. Just 37% approve of Joe Biden's job performance, while 56% disapproved. It gets, even, it, it gets even better. Only 30% approve of Joe Biden's performance on the economy. Immigration, 23% approval. 23%. I, I think Congress might have a higher approval rating. But it gets better. 45% strongly disapprove. Crazy. Look at this. 64% disapprove of his handling of the economy. 62% like I mentioned, disapprove his handling of the border. And and 56% disapprove of his job as president. 37% fi- approve. 56% disapprove. That, <laughs> I mean, you can look at the news and you can listen to the media and they'll make it seem like Bidenomics and all this stuff and things are going great. But let's talk about this shutdown for a second because this is another interesting poll. You ready? 40% said that they would chiefly blame Biden and Democrats, if the government were to shut down, versus just 33% who would blame Republicans. You hear that, guys? You hear that, Kevin McCarthy? Do you hear that, Republicans in Washington, D.C., that are more afraid of what Democrats in the fake news are going to say about you than your own constituents? Your constituents don't care. They were blame The majority of people surveyed said they were blamed Democrats, not Republicans. Well, greater number. Trump. When Trump left office, this is so interesting. Trump office. In 2021, 38 percent approval rating, which was essentially the same as Biden's now. But looking back. (laughs) the voters apparently feel like they got it wrong because 48% say they now approve of his performance when he was in office. They went back and said, you know what? We didn't approve of what he was doing then, but we'd much rather have Donald Trump in office. Now that matches the peak from when he was president. That means Trump after he left office has become just as popular as he was when he was in office, despite four indictments. Guys, this is bad news for Joe Biden. Really bad news. So it's it's very fascinating to me to read this poll. There's a couple of other little tidbits of information I'm going to share with you. Uh, let's see. Biden has just 50% support for members of racial and ethnic minority groups. Think about that, guys. F- only 50%. Trump, 43% support in this group. Right. Remember how Trump was racist, misogynistic, xenophobic, homophobic, all these ists and x the worst person in the whole world, right? 43% of people in that group support Donald Trump, just 50% Biden. That is bad news for Democrats, not just Joe Biden. And among young people, 18 to 35-year-olds, Trump has a 53 to 30% advantage. Young people like Trump. S- same thing with men. Um, interesting thing, though. Uh, A lot of the majority of Americans, 64 percent to 30 percent, oppose the U.S. Supreme Court um, ruling ending the constitutional right to abortion. Remember when Trump was on Meet the Press and he talked about abortion and saying DeSantis was crazy or something about it and everyone was losing their mind? Trump knows what's going on here, guys. And uh, among the people who reported having voted for Trump in 2020, 96 percent still support him now. Biden retains fewer. 88% of the support. So just do the math. This puts Trump above the margin of fraud. This puts Trump above the margin of error. This is bad news for Democrats and Biden. And Trump is blowing his competition out of the water. When you compare him to any other rival, DeSantis just has 15% of support versus Trump's over 50% of support. This is where it's going, guys. Everybody knows what's going on. And here's how people feel about the economy. 91% disapprove of food prices. 87% disapprove of gas and energy prices. 76% disapprove of where average incomes are. 74% have a negative view of the economy overall. It's the economy stupid, right? The Donald Trump, do you miss me yet campaign is coming roaring back. And to tie this all together... Republicans had it wrong when they when they encouraged all of these other candidates to get into the race against Trump. A vice president, Another vice president debate is coming up on Fox News that nobody's going to watch and Trump's not going to participate in. They're going to get it wrong on this government shutdown thing too, just like they did on the debt ceiling. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the crisis at the southern border. So don't go anywhere. The David Pollack Show will be right back. Florida is a popular place to live these days, but do you know who is not feeling the effects of limited home inventory? Bugs. That's right. As popular as Florida is for people, pests like it even more, which is why I recommend pest control, termite treatment, and fertilization from Protex. With over 40 years of experience, their fully licensed, bonded, and insured team utilize state-of-the-art products and techniques to maintain a pest-free home. But that's not all. They also provide the highest quality fertilization and pond management services so you can have a green yard and not a green pond. So if you want to keep your lawn green and your home bug free call protex today at 407-542-0044 or visit them online at protexlawn.com that's p-r-o-t-e-x lawn.com david pollock here i hope you're enjoying the show If you're looking for more information on any of our sponsors, or perhaps you want to hear a replay of a past show, make sure to visit thedavidpollockshow.com. There, you'll also find our latest articles, links to our social media, and opportunities to become a sponsor yourself. So remember to visit thedavidpollockshow.com. And welcome back to The David Pollack Show. We're still talking about uh, the government shutdown, and then we're going to shift to the crisis at the southern border. Uh, I wanted to play some sound for you. Here's Jean-Pierre being asked, uh, the White House press secretary, being asked about this issue, about uh, whether Americans are going to blame Biden uh, for the shutdown. This is cut one, Gabe. Not, Not
1: on the White House very clear that it's
2: on Republicans to avoid the government shutdown not on the White House but our latest polling shows that a higher percentage of Americans would actually blame the shutdown on the president and the Democrats not on Republicans why do you think that is and should the president be out there speaking more on this issue we're going to be very clear this is this is this will be a Republican shutdown right this is extreme House Republicans who have made it very clear that the, the chaos that we're seeing in the in the House, they are marching us towards a government shutdown. That shouldn't be happening. This shouldn't be happening. This is the job of Congress. One of the basic shutdown. jobs of Congress is to keep the government open. A deal was made. I mean, I can't speak to your polling, but what I can speak is to the facts.
3: You can, a deal I mean, was made. Who, who made that deal? Uh, if I recall, Republicans are in control of the House. The House is where the spending bills originate. What deal are they being held to besides the one they made with their voters? But that's not the way they think. No, 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 no. Here's Kevin McCarthy doing something. Well, I'm going to let you hear for himself, and then we'll talk about it. Gabe, this is cut two. Governor of New York. A Democrat, saying if you're coming Talking about to this country illegally, it
2: goes to some other country. You've got Massachusetts governor declaring an emergency. You've got New Jersey governor. You've got the mayor of New York. These are states that are far from the southern border. But because of Biden's policies, every community right, right? now seems is a border to get city. it. We've watched what happened that Biden went in and literally cut right, the Bob important. wire so people could come into the country illegally. talk about that soon, too. That was his order. Now, thankfully, Governor Abbott's come back and put that back together. We've got people coming from 160 really different countries problem. into our country. And I believe that's why homeland is so important to pass. That's why I believe also, you if you pass it, the Republicans' continuing resolution that just Did simply funds the that? government 30 days so you can finish passing all the appropriations, it guy
3: also anymore. deals. Did you hear that? <laughs> he identifies correctly the crisis at the southern border. And that's why we need to pass this continuing resolution. What? 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 This crisis didn't start yesterday. Why haven't you been working on this issue and figuring out ways to fund the Department of Homeland Security for the last eight months, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy? Now you're going to pretend we have to hurry up and pass some sort of continuing resolution in order to secure the border? Really? You think the American people are going to buy that garbage? Certainly, there are Republicans in the House that are not buying your garbage. Here's cut three. He's at it again today.
2: A new day is another new record on the border. 11,000 people. Last week I told you ten thousand were all shocked by this is because of the border policies of Biden. And what we're trying to do mm-hmm. is secure our border. Mm-hmm. That would be a part of funding the government securing the border. I mean, today I don't know if you've watched where the border agents all bloody and mm-hmm. the battle that he's had down, mm-hmm. down there the number of them. We want to protect
3: those men and women who are protecting our border. So we need to pass the continuing resolution in order to fund the DHS. In order to stop the crisis at the border. This is so dishonest in so many ways. This is the stuff Democrats do that make Republicans angry. You don't need to pass a continuing resolution. You need to take each bill separately. And you do that. Because you don't need all this stuff lumped together in some sort of continuing resolution where you pat your buddies on the back, throw a bunch of pork in these spending bills, while our debt—we don't even have a debt ceiling anymore. You guys realize that, right? That was the last gift from this Republican-majority House. Instead of negotiating the debt ceiling, they just eliminated it. A a credit card without limits. And now here they are trying to use the border crisis— to, again, avoid being fiscally responsible. It's unbelievable. How about convene the House, work on each of the 12 appropriations, and don't leave until you find a deal? You don't need 30 days, maybe 30 hours. What have you been doing for the last eight months? Where are the January 6th tapes? Where are the, uh, where's the term limits for representatives? Where's all the promises you made? A balanced budget. Where are the promises that you made when you became Speaker? The deal you struck with conservative members of the House when they voted for you at the 11th hour. Why haven't you kept your promises? And why are you trying to avoid your promises and tying border security to it? Like that's your chip to leverage. It's not. The safety of this country isn't a bargaining chip. And the people are sick of it. And we're not buying it anymore, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. We're sick of you and people like you. And the Republicans that are standing up to you in Congress, these aren't how they're they're being being called rebels. Rebels. Well, you know what? Then maybe that's what we need. Maybe we need people to go up there and rebel against the out-of-control spending. Because you know what, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy— we're the ones who are paying eight dollars a gallon for gas. We're the ones who are paying eight dollars a gallon for milk. We're the ones who have to go out of our way to finance things because we can't the interest rates are ridiculously out of control. While you sit in Washington, literally in an ivory tower, and tell us that in order to get any sort of safety in some of these communities that are being overrun by illegal aliens. Or now I'm sorry. Now they're not illegal aliens because now they're legally present thanks to Joe Biden. But either way, the people that are here and destroying communities, in order to do anything about it, we're going to pass a continuing resolution and continue to pretend you're actually doing what you promised the people you would do. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, the people are sick of it. And the people are sick of the lies being told by the establishment of the Republican Party. And they sent you guys to Washington and they gave you the majority to change things, and you've done nothing different. Democrats are still in control, whether or not you have the majority or not. Do something. The American people want action. And to Matt Gates and Congressman Corey Mills, who are fighting, continue to fight. The American people have your back. There's one more thing I'm going to tell you about this, and then we're shifting to immigration. One more thing. You're not going to believe this. This is going to drive you a little bit crazy. Uh, The Biden administration, if there is a government shutdown, has laid the groundwork to fund Ukraine. (laughs) You hear this? They are going to fund Ukraine in a government shutdown, but not the uh, federal workers, but not the uh, federal agencies in the laps. But they're going to send more of your money to Ukraine. How do you like them apples? Right? Biden doesn't control the purse. Congress does, and that's another reason why you threaten a lapse of funding, not to send money to Ukraine. So Republicans put a bill together right now to block any money to Ukraine during the lapse in funding, put in that bill that you will pay federal workers that are furloughed so they don't have that argument, put in that bill that you will keep national parks open, put in that bill what a lapse in funding would look like. Do something with the majority. Now, shifting to the southern border... <laughs> I drank my uh, Beard Vet coffee today, as you can tell. I'm fired up. But I am. I am fired up because I'm annoyed. And you're annoyed, too. This is our economy. Not the Democrats, probably the Republicans' economy. This is our economy. It's the American economy. And people want solutions. No more games in Washington, D.C. But let's get to the main topic. <laughs> I am sure you have seen the images that even the propaganda press have been showing you about what's going on at the border. Uh, Gabe, this is cut eight, if you want to take it. Take a look at this video out of San Diego. Yesterday afternoon, what you're looking at is three unmarked white Border Patrol buses. They pull up and they start releasing several hundred illegal immigrants to city streets and sidewalks in San Diego across from a transit terminal. Uh, People were... On this bus from as far away as China and Pakistan. And keep in mind, these buses are not from Texas. They're not Greg Abbott's buses. These are the Biden administration's buses. This is Border Patrol mass releasing people. You can see handfuls of them are standing around, not knowing where they are, what to do, where to go next. And there was a remarkable exchange between one migrant and a Border Patrol agent as he asked the agent, Hey, am I okay to travel to Chicago? And the agent says, Yep, you're good to go. Take go. a listen. Go wherever you want. You're free to go. Yeah, you're free. You're free to go wherever you want. This is doing nothing to stop the flow of migrants into our southern border. You've seen thousands of them climbing on top of trains to cross through Mexico. They're arriving at our southern border. 2,388,350 illegal crossings have occurred this year alone, surpassing last year's total. I mean, and you've seen the images of the thousands gathering at Eagle Pass, Abe, Kate, cut nine. This is, I think, from today.
2: Moments ago, Customs and Border Protection cut a hole through the Constantino wire that has been stretched by Texas DPS along the border there to allow migrants to come through. It was initially a group of about 60 to 70 people. It swelled to some 300 very, very quickly. Uh, Some women and children who were sort of in the middle of the river were picked up um, by, I guess it would be Texas DPS, because they're running the airboats there up and down the river and uh, taken out of the water into safer
3: ground. But yeah, but that's what you're hearing, guys. They're literally letting them in. And as they gather, thousands at the fence just to be let in and paroled and just let loose in the United States. And for those of you who think these are just poor, helpless Mexican women and children searching for a better life and escaping cartel violence. Here's a better idea who they actually are. Gabe, this is cut four, and this is going to take us into the break.
2: Punjabi. Where? Punjabi only. Where are you going? New York, California, where are you going? California. California? California. Where are you from? California.
1: Where are you from? India.
0: India. You're India?
2: India. And you? India. India. Where are you going? California.
1: California, you? California. Where are you from? India. India. You? California.
2: Where are you from? India. 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 Where are you going? California. California. You?
3: India going to New York. Where are you going? Where India. are you from? India?
2: New York. You? New York. India New York. You? India New York. You?
0: India,
2: York. India, York. You? India California. India. You?
0: California. Wait. You? India California.
3: India. You? Senegal. Guys, we're going to a quick we break. Go Don't go anywhere. Dave Pollock will be right back.
0: Are you an insurance agent or property manager looking for a reliable and accurate property inspection? Floridian Property Consultants specializes in citizens' insurance packages and replacement cost appraisals, so you can get bound quickly, easily, and accurately. FPC's experienced inspectors will make sure each assessment meets all the insurance carrier standards while ensuring that you don't pay for more than you need. Work with a company that respects your time and budget as much as you do. Visit online at floridianpropertyconsultants.com. That's floridianpropertyconsultants.com um
3: Business owners, are you sick of dealing with those big-name telecommunications companies that leave you frustrated with terrible customer service and then lock you into long-term contracts? That's why I want to introduce you to my friends over at Public Telephone Company. They are an industry-leading VOIP provider offering all-in-one business communication solutions that are completely contract-free with competitive pricing. But perhaps the best part, they're all about supporting their customers with U.S.-based customer service and they're always willing to go the extra mile. Don't let your phone company drive you mad. Call Public Telephone Company today at 877-314-4080 or visit them at publictelephonecompany.com. That's publictelephonecompany.com. New
2: York? New Where are you from? Where are you going? <coughs> Jersey. Jersey? You? Uh, Bangladesh.
3: He's from Bangladesh. Where are you going?
2: Uh, New
3: York. New? Bangladesh. Where are you going? Bangladesh. Georgia. You? Bangladesh. Where are you going? Georgia. You? Yeah. So, as you heard, none of these people are from Central America. They're certainly not from Mexico, not even from South America. They are from India, Africa. In some instances, the Middle East. <laughs> They're not simply escaping cartel violence and looking for a better life. And who are these people? Let This year alone, the U.S. Border Patrol have encountered a growing number of individuals on the FBI terrorist watch list trying to enter the country via the southern border. As of July, 160 migrants whose identities match those on the terrorist screening data set, had been apprehended by Customs Customs and Border Protection trying to cross the U.S.-Mexico border during fiscal year 2023. And those are the ones they caught. Who knows who's crossing the border, where they're from, or what they plan on doing when they get here. Guys, this is serious. Before I go any further, though, I want to bring in my guest, Victor Avila. Victor Avila, as I mentioned earlier, was an ICE agent. Um, you might, re- As I mentioned, he was in Mexico. Um, he suffered gunshot wounds, and sadly, his uh, partner, Jamie Zapata, lost his life in that Fast and Furious, probably by Fast and Furious guns that Obama let loose, gave to the cartels. But I want to bring in Victor. Victor, welcome to The David Pollack Show.
1: Thanks for having me on, David. Great to be
3: with you. Thank you so much for being here. Now, we're talking about the crisis at the southern border. We're talking about uh, not just the immigration crisis, and and later I'm going to talk about uh, the economic impacts on places like New York. But I'm interested to know, from your experience uh, working in ICE and being in Mexico and working closely uh, with people through that country, who are these people crossing the border and what do they plan to do when they get here?
1: That's a great question because we don't know. Uh, we, we could definitely find out it's called a vetting process. I used to vet individuals, vet companies, corporations as part of my job as a special agent, but that that is not being afforded to our border agents to, to take the time to do that. You cannot vet someone within five minutes of being in front of you after they provide you the information that they want to provide. We don't know, we don't have any way to verify even their name or date of birth because a lot of these databases, uh, do not include information from foreign governments. As a matter of fact, most of these, for example, Venezuela does not provide any information. So we don't know if they're convicted of murder over there or a sex offense or they're cartel members. We just have no idea. All we're going by is because this individual stands in front of the border agent, tells them a name and a number and a uh, date of birth, and that's it. You're in. Uh, even when the agent I talk to these agents all the time. They tell me, this: these people that we have in front of we have— More questions we have to vet. We need to make some phone calls. We need to check other databases, and it requires a lot more looking into. You can't. They've been instructed to move them out and move them out as quickly as possible. You mentioned Eagle Pass and the mess that's happening down there. I just got back from there. There's no one under the bridge anymore. There was 4,000 a few days ago. They're all gone. Where? To your town, to your neighborhood. Uh, This is the... (laughs) I mean, I've been talking about this for years, and if people don't think that this is a public safety issue, a national security issue, then I don't know what what else is the problem. This is something that we have to unite together. This is not, if you think about it, Dave, this is not even a political issue as far as partisanship. Uh, public safety affects all of us. I just came back from D.C. for the lost voices of fentanyl, of thousands of people that have lost their loved ones to a counterfeit pill. Guess what? There was a bunch of Democrats in the crowd too that have lost their kids. The pills don't, don't don't care what what political party you belong to. They're killing us. The cartels are killing us. Mexico's doing nothing about it. China's having a great time with the uh, with their influence that they have in Mexico and all these other countries that you mentioned. By the way, you mentioned uh, Bangladesh uh, happens to be a special interest country. Uh, in the Department of Homeland Security, we have what we call SIA's special interest aliens. Bangladesh is one of those countries. Why? Because they sponsor terrorism. They would require a lot more looking into. And you mentioned the ones that we have already interdicted, about 250 under this administration, possible terrorists on the terror watch list, no-fly list. How many of those have actually come through? As a matter of fact, we've had a couple detected right there in front of the border agents. The, the, the databases did what they were supposed to do. They detected that this is a, personal, a, a, a possible terrorist, and we still, for some reason, because our border agents are busy, they got through the cracks, and they're on a bus to Tampa, Florida, and it it's taken a couple of weeks to go and grab them after we find out that we let a terrorist go. This is completely uncalled for, but I'll tell you this. The Biden administration knows exactly what they're doing. Mayorkas knows exactly what he's doing. This is deliberate. There is no way around it. It's it's beyond incompetence. They they want this to happen. They're giving them permits for crying out loud, 500,000 Venezuelans with work permits. What what does that tell the rest of the world? Come on over because we're going to take care of you.
3: Why do you think, and and I have other questions that I want to get, but on this subject, why do you think the Biden administration wants this? Why do you think, what is it that they're trying to accomplish, do you think?
1: Uh, you know, the first thing, the easy answer people say is votes, and and, and rightly so, maybe so. They'll, they'll get some of these people to vote for them, but I think it's actually counting them that they want they want to impact these small communities that, um, if you recall, as soon as Biden got in there, the, one of the first things he did is undo the census rule of not being able to count illegal aliens. Well, now you could count them, and what does that do? That counts them, gives them more representation, an extra congressman or woman, in Congress so they could end up having control of the Congress forever. That, I think, is the bigger picture. But they definitely are, are changing the structure. Our fundamental fabric of this country is is changing before our eyes. And I tell you, because I worked this border for 20 years, and it's not the same illegal alien coming. Yes, I understand there's a lot of economic migrants. I understand it. I'm the first one to tell you that. But a lot of these people are not assimilating to our country, they don't want to assimilate, they don't want to be American, they want to bring their country here and have the benefits of the United States, but yet still have bring their culture, their broken culture from their countries into our country, and and you can't have your cake and eat it too. Just this week, the Venezuelans illegals on uh, one of the small islands on the Rio Grande planted a Venezuelan flag, and thank goodness for our DPS troopers got there as fast as they could to take it out. This is this is the mentality that they bring. This is the, the crime that they bring. And it's it's a different culture. It's it, They grew up in, in mostly corrupt countries that they don't even know how to interact with police. They don't treat women the same way. We have Africans raping women in New York because it's normal in Africa. Well, it's not normal here. But that is the challenge that a lot of these communities, and by the way, it's not just New York, these big cities, as a matter of fact, it's mostly small communities, counties, and cities. When you get an influx of two to 300, a 1,000 people, it's a huge impact. And I know you mentioned the economic impact for sure. The school systems, the health care systems, and, of course, the criminal justice system. I go around the country, David, talking to police. I was in Oklahoma. I was in Alabama. They are overwhelmed with our own crime to begin with. They're dealing with U.S. citizen crime and gangs and drugs. And then... They're telling me, Victor, now you add the illegal alien crime plus the fentanyl plus the methamphetamine, and we don't have more police officers. We don't have no more money or resources. It's still the same. It's still us, and they're trying to do as best as they can.
3: Yeah. You know, I have a clip, actually, from Eric Adams. Um, Gabe, that's going to be cut six, and I'm going to talk about the impact on New York a little bit more, but here's just what Eric Adams— says about what the cost of just New York, um, which is exactly consistent with
0: your point here. Gabe, take cut six. Put it in perspective for New Yorkers. For each family seeking asylum through the city's care, we spend an average of $383 per night to provide shelter, food, medical care, and social services. With more than 57,300 individuals currently in our care, on an average night, it amounts to $9.8 million a day. Almost $300 million a month and nearly $3.6 billion a year. But this is the floor, not the ceiling. The floor. This is not the only ceiling. an estimate if the number of migrants in our care stays the same over time. It is clear to us, however... That without policy changes, the number of migrants arriving will continue to grow. This will increase our course. If we continue down this unsustainable track.
3: So, yeah, so you've heard, Victor, you've heard exactly what, and funny enough, I mean, they've begged for these people to come to New York in spite of Trump. Well, we're going to be a sanctuary city. We're going to invite them. These are loving people. They just want opportunity, and they invited them to New York. Um, later on in that clip, and I just cut it for time purposes, he talks about how it's going to um, cost more to house the migrants than sanitation, than Department of Education, and all of these programs that benefit New Yorkers. So the, now the New York taxpayers are essentially paying for, to house migrants that they wanted so desperately in New York to prove a point to Donald Trump who wanted to close the border. Um, which is why now, and if you heard earlier on the show, uh, 23% of the people polled think Biden's doing a good job versus uh, the majority of people think Trump did a better job. So, uh, you know, this is exactly what you were saying. And I wanted to ask you because they do continue to come. But now you've been in Mexico. You've encountered some of the people that are coming across the border, not women and children looking for a better life. What, what are the people like that are now embedding themselves in our community. Because now, I, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, you had a very unfortunate encounter with the cartel violence. So you've been close with some of the people um, that we're starting to see come into America with no idea who they are, what they intend to do here. Can you tell people what these people are like?
1: Absolutely. And and let me tell you firsthand, it's it's not the... the um, population, the people per se in Mexico, it's the government, it's the corruption of the government, and it's the cartel, and the cartel's influence in that country. As a matter of fact, 40% of physical, physical control of that country. And and, um, I'll tell you something that you're not going to hear a lot, and I try to say it as loud uh, and as far as I can, Mexico is not our partner. Mexico is not our friend. They don't like us. And, a lot, and you're hearing that from a Hispanic American, because uh, I'm proud that my parents came here the right way, the legal way, and assimilated to this country and wanted to become Americans, and they did. I'm the product of that. I'm the product of the American dream. But what's happening now is nowhere near that. These people are are, are feeling entitled, And I blame the government of Mexico for doing nothing on their end. They have a huge responsibility um, you see all these people coming over the river in Eagle Pass, Texas, and there's no one on the Mexican side. You see the, the Mexican uh, National Guard stand there. Why aren't they stopping? They're also illegal, by the way, in Mexico. The Venezuelans are illegal. The Bangladeshians, all these people from Africa and all these 150 different countries are illegally present in Mexico. And let me tell you, they have very strict immigration laws in Mexico, but Mexico decides to not enforce them and we have to hold them accountable because we are getting the brunt of it the burden has been placed on us i want to shift that burden b- back on mexico and central america and everyone else to say listen we're the we're the the most humanitarian country in the world but we have a, this thing called a constitution we're a sovereign nation we have laws and they're disrespecting them starting with the biden administration disrespecting our own laws and by the way I do reject the, the mayor of, of um, New York calling them asylees. They're not asylum seekers. I've been to the border so many times, I never hear the word asylum, not once. I ask them, I give them the opportunity, why are you coming? They never say, I'm here to seek asylum. They're here to say, I'm here to work. I'm here to, uh, to do other things. Some don't even say anything. So uh, that whole asylum premise, and I wrote a book, and I wrote about it, because it's not true. That's the excuse that this government, and this this administration, is using and circumventing our own as- asylum criteria. Anyone could Google, Google it. Check it out. You have to be persecuted by your government. As a matter of fact, I asked the Border Patrol agent just a few days ago. I said, "Let me get this straight. And please tell me if I'm right or wrong. If you're from Venezuela, does that automatically make you uh, an asylum?" a potential person just because you come from Venezuela? Absolutely not. The answer is no. And a lot of people have that idea. Well, Venezuela is a... We know what kind of country it is, and it has problems and all this, but they're still not being persecuted by the government. We know there's no food. We know there's no education. We know there's no job, and it's, and it's, and it's terrible. But that's it's bad for the rest of the world. Somehow, the United States under this administration thinks, well, let's bring them all in. And Venezuela says, okay, great, we're going to open our prisons. And they did. As a matter of fact, DHS uh, actually acknowledged it in one of their leaked memos that they knew that Venezuela was opening the prisons and the rehabilitation centers because those were the first ones they want to let go of. I've interviewed single adult males, soldiers from Venezuela that have told me, oh, yeah, I'm actually, I was a military member. What the heck do they, what are they going to do here? They're, they're, they, their agenda here is not the one that you and I think. They're not. To, they're not coming here to better our community, to incorporate themselves, to be a taxpayer, to get an education. That's not. That's not the, the. That's not their agenda. That's not the reason why they're coming. They want socialism because that's what they've been used to. Even though they tell you, "Well, I'm I'm escaping Cuba, the communist country because they're communist. I'm escaping uh, socialism in Venezuela," but yet. They still bring that because that's all they know. They, all they know is that the government is supposed to take care of them, and you're seeing it. I mean, the mayor, look at the money that they're spending. Another thing I have an issue with is the money. I think the, the Democrats just want to get paid, and they want the money back and reimbursed, and they really don't care about the people. They care that they're being – they're a nuisance to them. They're, they're interfering with their everyday life now. Well, guess what? We've had that, pro, that problem here in Texas for many years. And as a matter of fact, I was just in El Paso, Texas, and they're releasing 1,000 a day because the facility holds 2,400 and they're at 5,000 right now. And they're sleeping in the historic downtown beautiful plaza. That's where I'm from. And they're sleeping in the streets and they say, why don't you go? You know, the city of El Paso is trying to open this abandoned school to put you in there and this church and this uh, uh, recreational center. No, no, it's okay. We're going to stay out here. We, they don't want to follow any rules. And what are they doing? Committing crimes, burglaries property crimes, rapes, using drugs. I mean, this this doesn't stop. And even the El Paso mayor, who happens to be a Democrat, says we're at a we're at a breaking point. We don't know what to do. These are human beings, despite of everything that we're talking about, all of a sudden you have women and children and men. What do you actually do with them? And this is this is where the leadership has to come in and say, Enough is enough. We have to put our Americans first. You saw the money that is being spent. But none, none of it is being spent on Americans, on our own homeless population, our own veterans, and our own issues that we have. No, it's for people from outside of this country.
3: Oh. And, and speaking of leadership, you're running for Congress, and I want to talk about that. Do you have time to stick, stick around while I take a quick break? Absolutely. All right, stick around. Guys, we're going to be right back. We're going to take a quick break, pay some bills, and we come back, we're going to hear about uh, Victor running for Congress to actually go and be leadership to solve these problems for you. So don't go anywhere. The David Pollock Show will be right back.
2: Hey, friends, David Pollock
3: here. If you're craving the best soft-serve ice cream around, Topper's Creamery's got you covered. Serving the Apopka community for over a decade, Toppers is known for the finest old-fashioned custard-style soft-serve ice cream in a variety of flavors, from their French vanilla bean to exciting specials like German chocolate cake. But the experience doesn't end there. Be sure to grab a fresh-baked waffle cone or a sundae topped with my favorite, the fresh-baked brownies. They even offer pup cups for your four-legged friends. So hurry in to Toppers Creamery in Apopka, South 512 Hunt Club Road. Make sure to take Tell him David sent you. David Pollack here. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you're looking for more information on any of our sponsors, or perhaps you want to hear a replay of a past show, make sure to visit thedavidpollockshow.com. There, you'll also find our latest articles, links to our social media, and opportunities to become a sponsor yourself. So remember to visit thedavidpollackshow.com. Hey, guys, we are back. Um, uh, Real quick before I get going, I have to uh, remind you uh, about if you like the energy of the show and you feel like, man, that guy just has a ton of energy, it's because of my Beard Vet coffee. I drink it. It gives me energy. It tastes great. If you haven't tried it for yourself, there's no better tasting coffee out there. You have to start your day off right and drink Beard Vet. Proceeds from the sales of their coffee go to benefit veteran organizations. They also have beard oils and grooming products, of course, because it's beard BeardVet. They have apparel. Uh, they have mugs and tumblers. If you go to BeardVet.com and you put in promo code DAVID, you get 10% off. And in Biden's economy, who wouldn't benefit from savings, especially on coffee. So go check out beardvet.com. Uh, we're back uh, with Mr. Victor Avila. Uh, we are talking about the border. We're talking about uh, all the problems and that Democrats seem to be ignoring. Uh, certain Democrats, I should say, because other ones, as you mentioned, are paying attention and starting to speak out against it. And Mr. Avila, you're running for Congress to solve some of these problems in Washington, D.C. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely. I had to throw my hat in here for District uh, 23, which is uh, 834 miles from San Antonio to El Paso. It includes Eagle Pass, Texas. It includes Del Rio. This is ground zero. And I'm trying to primary a, Repub- a so called Republican incumbent there. Uh, And as a matter of fact, I was watching him on the news today. He's been all over the place because of what's going on. But he keeps on saying what what we're all saying, but his actions are quite the opposite in Washington, D.C. That's why the Republican Party of Texas censured him earlier this year. And that's one of the reasons why I'm running. I think people deserve to have the power back, to have their voice back. I mean, he was in there. uh, He's talking about the border and how this is all bad and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking to myself, then why are you, you you were the one solely responsible for killing probably the best security bill just a few months ago. He killed HR 29, brought up by Chip Roy, and I I saw it. Chip Roy sent it to me. I read the bill. I input it on the bill. My friend Tom Holman did the same thing, and he killed it. And now he wants he's complaining about border security, but he killed the bill. This is, it makes no sense to me when uh, a person tells you one thing to your face and then goes to Congress and does completely the opposite. I'm going to bring integrity back to this position. I'm going to bring integrity back to Congress, which is much needed, I think. And I'm a real person. And if people want to follow me, they want to join the team, please do. It's a hard it's a hard journey, let me tell you. It's not easy. That's why regular people don't run for Congress, because it's almost impossible for you to get there. But I'm going to give it my best. I bring a lot of experience, not just with the border, but my conservative values, uh, talking about the me, talking about oil and gas and and get, getting uh you know back onto uh uh free of of all these other uh countries like Venezuela and Russia owning us with their with their oil and gas and we have that power here in Texas we need to give it back to the people and so uh, I hope I can earn your your support at victoravilaforcongress.com
3: Now at the beginning of my show and I uh, I don't want to just throw something at you but at the beginning of the show I was uh I was Voicing my displeasure with uh, House Speaker McCarthy, um, based on the way the um, the shutdown. Uh, was being handled or actually the lapse in funding. Uh, I I think the American people have spoken. The American people are willing to shut down the government in order to get things that were promised to them. They want to see a balanced budget. They want to see responsible spending in Washington, D.C. They want to see uh, single uh, issue spending bills instead of these giant omnibus bills filled with pork. They want to see term limits. They want to see the January 6th tapes. All of these things were promised by Kevin McCarthy when he became Speaker of the House. And now he's trying to tie funding for some of the board Crisis to having uh, some of these conservatives sign on to this continuing resolution, even though he's had eight months to get single issue budgets passed. What's your thought on on the pending uh, budget battle in Washington?
1: Let me tell you, uh, that's a great great point because that is a battle. As a matter of fact, uh, Chip Roy and about twenty other uh, Republicans got on board and said, "Listen, if we're going to have a continued resolution, you have to include border security and bill, uh, border security bill." Uh, type of situation inside the bill which means uh stopping catch and release stopping a lot of stuff that's happening right now it ended immediately but also removing alejandro mayorca the secretary of homeland security from that post for dereliction of duty and other prerequisites okay i understand that um and i support that we have to force the hand unfortunately sometimes of our own party to come on board now i just said there's only 20 republicans if you will one of them, by the way, is not the incumbent that I'm running against. You won't jump on board and sign on board for that. But we have to force the hand of this administration and do things like this because they put everybody else first. We're trying to defend the country, trying to defend the state of Texas, and and and, and everyone from the cartels. But it always seems like they're on the side of the cartels. They're on the side of crime. They're on the side of illicit activity. It's it's upside down and backwards. And so uh, I. I understand the it's tough, it's hard, and I think the pressure got to Kevin McCarthy is saying, listen, uh, we have to be able to do something and, and negotiate, and that's another thing about Congress. It's a negotiation on a daily basis going on. I think we need better negotiators. I did that on a daily basis, especially in corrupt countries like Mexico and others that I worked around in Europe. It uh, I could deal with them. We need to put the people first. It's a very simple answer. You ask yourself... How am I going to move forward in this bill and this agenda in Washington? The first question you should ask yourself is, will this benefit the people? Will this benefit my constituents? Will this benefit the country? And I want to be able to make those decisions, the hard right decisions, instead of the easy wrong ones that continue to To happen in, in
3: D.C. Absolutely. Well, uh, Victor Avila, thank you so much for being on the show. Guys, go check out his campaign. Um, he has an excellent story. He's an American hero. And I appreciate you so much being on the show. We're going to continue this conversation on the post-David Pollack show Twitter X space beginning at 830. Mr. Avila is going to be there. Um, so if you guys want to go to at the Pollock show and join the conversation after the show, um, we'll be there and we look forward to uh, having that discussion. Mr. Avila, thank you again for being on the David. David. David Pollack Show. Good luck to you, my friend.
1: Thank you, David. I'll see you in a bit.
3: All right. Sounds good. All right, guys. We're coming up on the end of another exciting, energy-packed David Pollack Show. Um, Lots going on. Lots to discuss. The border stuff. I mean, there's still notes I haven't even gotten to. There's still things to talk about. I mean, if you look what's happening in New York, I I mean, the images that people are seeing, people are disgusted with happening in this country, and it's time for people to pay attention to what's going on. It's not a Democrat thing. It's not a Republican thing. It's an American thing because the safety of all of us, um, especially 9-11 anniversary, just passed. We need to pay attention who's coming to our country. Guys, uh, I hope you join us every Monday at 7 p.m., same time, same place. Make sure you go to my website, thedavidpollockshow.com, to see this show and every past show. Make sure you go visit my sponsors and beardvet.com and all of the other places um, that I recommend. I've personally done business with all of them, and I recommend every single one of them. Uh, Thank you guys so much for being here, uh, and um, we'll talk to you again next week. Take care of yourselves. We'll talk soon.